What is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and with me via Zoom communications, as always, is Charles Chuck Thompson. What's up today, man? Oh, you know, I should have bought Zoom stock a long time ago, but missed out on that train. Yeah, that would have been a pretty good one. Whatever it is. That would have been a good one. That Honestly, like when you started hearing about potential lockdowns, um, mm-hmm. just always think about things like that. When, the, when it looks like something crazy is happening, you got to be like a, like a Buffett kind of guy and just look out into the future and see what it is that people are going to want. And it's going to be anything that involves being at home all the time. And what is zoom up like 800% on the year or something like that? It's gotta be something like that. I honestly haven't, something haven't looked disgusting. at it. It's, it's pretty gross. It's up there with Tesla. <laughs> So, Tesla's up like 411% on the year still, even though they had a like minus 8% today or something. Yeah, it's looking pretty bad. How's that option looking? Not great. It's, <laughs> I'm still in the profit right now, but yeah. it's not as great as it was looking yesterday. <laughs> All right. Well, sure. this is the Good Morning Liberty podcast. Where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And today is Dumb Bleep of the Week. We got to have like some kind, of a, some kind of song that plays after that, like a... Maybe like an old school, like catchy song, like a jingle, yeah. you know, or it's mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going <sighs> to kind of like the what's that movie with, uh, um, you know, the thing. No, no, that's no, not uh, it. No, that's the, the not band it. that got signed. The, the band that got signed like that thing yeah. you do. The thing you do. Oh. I knew it had thing in there. Yeah. Maybe it was just like, like a an little... old, like an old school, that thing you do type of. Yeah. Something like that. I like it. A little jingle. You All right, know? guys, if you're out there making jingles, then jingle us a dumb bleep of the week and send it over. Send over your applications. And by the way, speaking of sending over applications, we talked yesterday. We're going to be doing a special episode every week once we line up all the interviews that is just that's just going to be highlighting human beings and why they have the ideas that they have, why they feel the way that they feel about all these different things, what led to all of that, what are their goals in life, what are their goals for the political future, where do they want to see the world look like, people on all sides of all the different political aisles, and we're just going to talk and rehumanize everyone. That way, maybe we can avoid a civil war. So if you're interested in being interviewed, yes, just it doesn't. you don't have to be famous because we're actually going to try and just talk to people who aren't famous because... Most people aren't famous. I don't know if you guys know that. Most people yeah. aren't. So what we want to do is we want to highlight just your your uh, everyday Joe. And uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you guys are just average everyday Joes. I'm sure you're all spectacular in your own specific way. And that is what we want to talk about. All right. So send over an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Uh, put interview or <laughs> someone put a... A couple people actually put TBD in the headline because I, we don't have a name for it yet. So just send over an email and say, hey, I'm interested. Make sure you in put in the subject line, please read this. Oh, yeah. So Nate will read or, or put please respond to this. Yeah. And then get my number and send me a text and then call me <laughs> and leave me a voicemail. Nah, I don't know. Nah, voicemails are pointless. No, voicemails never get checked. No, completely either. pointless. Um, uh-huh. Send me a tweet. And um, better yes to send a pigeon or a raven. That'll show up to his house and knock on his office door. My cat might and attack and kill it, honestly. It's not, <laughs> but as long as I still get the well, message, send the I don't anti-cat. Really care. Send the anti-cat raven. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Like Wait, was it going to hurt my cat? <laughs> no, it's just stealth. It's, okay, it's got stealth. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. All right, Ron well, makes them. 
we're going to start off with a good news story because the rest of this is going to be a total shit show. Bleep show. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, mom. Sorry, Charlie's mom. It's my bad. <laughs> I just can't contain myself today because I've been coming through all of this crazy news trying to find the dumb bleep of the week. Uh, not to mention the fact my inbox was already full of things that I have been labeling in the subject dumb bleep all week. So I, I had about 50 things to choose from. And today came in just a late horse to the pile and just came right on in and took over everything that I've been saving up all week. So it's a it's pretty, pretty crazy news day. And we're going to be coming through all that. But Charlie, first, I wanted you to tell me about a good news story. Oh, this is good. Yeah. So uh, this coming from a local, uh, the CBS local station in Denver, Governor Jared Polis, or Polis, however you want to say his name. Jared, we'll call him Jared. He pardons nearly 3,000 marijuana convictions pre-legalization. Hmm. On Thursday, Governor Jared Polis signed an order pardoning nearly 3,000 marijuana convictions. The order applies to state-level cases where a person was in possession of less than one ounce of marijuana before it was legalized in Colorado. Quote, too many Coloradans have, have, had, have been followed their entire lives by a conviction for something that is no longer a crime, Polis said in a statement. How nice is that? So that's the whole story now. One ounce. That's a pretty decent size amount of marijuana, right? Yeah. A couple critiques on this would be, I would rather the records, I did mention in this story, I didn't put the whole thing. This is a great step. We also, I would say, need to expunge the records because he still says at the end of it, too many people have been followed their entire lives for a conviction conviction for something that's no longer a crime. And a pardon... uh, it, unless I'm mistaken, a pardon does not remove your criminal record. It, it just, it, it, unless I'm completely wrong about that. I think it does. Does it? Because I've I, heard I the pardoning so. does, does, does not. And that could have been fake news. So I want to check on that because I did, uh, there was something about actually expunging the records, actually removing that from the records that was in the article. I just didn't put it in there. And then the other thing is, I wish we would just follow the principle all the way down and say, why do you got to put a number of an ounce on there? Is is it legal now in Colorado or not? And if it's legal in Colorado, then why does it matter if someone have 1.5 ounces on them? You know, can can people control what goes in their own bodies or not? What's what's the principle here? So I would feel really upset if I was someone who, say, had uh, 1.3 ounces and I was still I was still in trouble. Still in. And, you know, and some guy who had 0.99 ounces, well, uh, well, he gets out, you know, or he, whatever. So that would be kind of annoying, but it's so still a good step. Marie says here, it depends on your state. And that's exactly what I'm finding here. Okay. And uh, after it's granted, although your rights are restored uh, in Colorado, the individual will, will still have a criminal record, which is generally a public record in Colorado. Yeah. Okay. So. So that's I kind of. They're what, still following them around. Yeah, that's why there was a part of that in the article. I just didn't copy much of it. So that I didn't feel like that statement made any sense, saying that they're still being followed around their entire lives by a conviction and you're pardoning and not, uh, is it expunging or exonerating or whichever one of those words it is. Um, that, that to me, 
it would be the logical next step. So, but it's yeah. still good news. It's a great step in the right direction. And I hope a lot of other people follow suit. Yeah. So anyway, um, on I to, well. on to the big news of the day, which scared the market there for a little bit. I know, uh, Charlie's dad called him and said, buy the dip. <laughs> Cause the market <laughs> yeah. was down a bunch this morning. Um, old, uh, old Trump got the coronavirus, you know, mm-hmm. pretty crazy. And we'll be talking here in a little bit. I've got a, we've got a uh, nuanced conversation that Charlie and I are going to have to have about the difference in COVID-19 and SARS-CoV-2. And we'll, we'll have to have a, a conversation about what that difference is because the official statement did say that he had tested positive for SARS-CoV-2. And what we'll talk about here in a little bit it, that does not necessarily mean that he has COVID-19. So that oh. those are, those are different things. If you were to compare them and they're, they're not going to be exactly the same, but if you were to compare HIV and AIDS, compare those <laughs> two things. So SARS-CoV-2 is the HIV, which can eventually lead to you having AIDS, which would be the COVID-19. And so mm. people who have SARS-CoV-2 are not necessarily going to have COVID-19. It is the virus that leads to that, which is what they used to call it. And uh, anyway, we're going to be reading through some very specific stuff on that here in a little bit. So <clears throat> anyway, dumb bleep. Number one, it's coming from reason. It's not reason that's in the dumb bleep. This is an article about all of the conspiracy theories <clears throat> that are going around already. About how about how this is fake news that Trump doesn't actually have COVID nineteen and not what I was just saying, but that he's making up the whole story in in general. And so we'll we'll read through this. President Donald Trump's Thursday night announcement that he and the first lady Melania Trump have tested positive for COVID nineteen has kicked up a range of real realistically troubling scenarios as well as a host of conspiracy theories. The most prevalent of the latter seems to be the idea that Trump. that the Trumps don't really have the new coronavirus and the president's announcement is some sort of cynical election ploy. They say it would be a strange one considering the negative toll that any perception of illness can have on a candidate. What could Trump possibly gain by having people think he's sick? Some have suggested that Trump could falsely claim to have the illness but not to get very sick from it in order to bolster his claims that COVID-19 isn't all that serious. Others call Trump's announcement a ploy to portray the president as strong and healthy when he shakes the disease. The timing seems off for such antics, however, as a lot of Americans are already casting their ballots. If Trump was going to fake COVID-19 and then quickly recover as some sort of campaign strategy, this would seem an especially stupid time to do so, which is true. So this is a quote from someone. uh, The galaxy brain take is that Trump is faking COVID-19 to get out of the debates or distract from the tax stuff, tweeted author Mike Rothschild, who is writing a book about QAnon. But his image depends on being a a bull god street fighter who outworks men half his age. He wouldn't pretend to be sick and weak. If anything, he'd cover it up. So I think that's pretty true. This is someone who I don't think likes Trump very much, but he's saying it wouldn't make any sense for Trump to be making this up. Considering how cavalier the Trump administration has been about masks and other measures meant to contain the coronavirus' spread, it shouldn't take a conspiracy theory to explain how we got here. And this person said the president's infection is the predictable outcome of some 
malignant irresponsibility he has been modeling for his followers from the beginning of all of this, writer Daniel Summers commented. But then he said, regardless, I wish in the same recovery from illness I wish for anyone else. So this has been going around a lot that uh, maybe this isn't even real. And I think that reason is completely, completely right about this. Uh, this is another one, Joy Reid out there, the, the amazing, amazing Joy Reid. Here is how wrecked Trump's credibility is at this point. I've got a cell phone full of texts from people who aren't sure whether to believe Trump actually has COVID. He lies so much, one friend just texted. Is he doing this to get out of the debates? Other people are texting. I'm sure that Joy Reid actually had people text her those things, and she didn't just use that as a way to tweet that and get her actual ideas out there and be retweeted 20, 30, 40,000 times. I'm sure that's not it at all. Uh, Robert, no way, yeah. Robert Reich says, so remember, don't believe number one is, are the Trump COVID conspiracy. So Robert Reich out there, former economic advisor for President Bill Clinton. His title is still President Bill Clinton, by the way, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Robert Reich that's said, way, that's the way that works. Robert Reich said, what's the likely outcome? So he gave an A, B, and C, multiple choice here. He said Trump and his followers now realize the severity of the disease. B, his symptoms are mild and he uses the experience to push a C, it's not so bad message. Or C, it's all fake. He returns to announce he took hydroxychloroquine and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, you know, I don't, uh, I, I don't see any way that this would help him in any kind of way. I really don't. I think now the the only plausible explanation I can see I could come up with is uh is to steer the news away from the tax returns and the 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 white supremacy thing and everything else that's going on that maybe this would be a big enough news headline to stop all of the other headlines and just kind of stop all that in its tracks. So yeah. That part, you know, that's the only plausible theory. But the idea that he would want to do this to get out of the debates, it doesn't make any sense. The only way you would think that that would be true is if you hate Trump and you think that Biden somehow destroyed Trump in that debate, which is not true. I don't think anything bad for Trump came out of that debate. People who hate him, hate him. That's, that is what it is. I don't think any new people dislike Trump after that last debate. If anything, his supporters are reinvigorated by how insanely annoying he was throughout the entire thing. So I don't really see that being a positive for him. You don't, you'd have to think that Biden just killed Trump in that last debate to be saying that. So, but that being said, do you think we're going to have debates now? The next debate's supposed to be within two weeks from now, Charles. Well, uh, he started his quarantine. So, uh, last night. So, I, don't, I mean, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they'll, they'll have to push it back some because he's got to finish off his quarantine. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. Uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people um, make fun of the president. Of course. This. Yeah. And, you know, in a way, I would say it is a dumb bleep in and of itself because um, I, you know, I, I'm just going to admit it. I laughed and, <laughs> and it was more so not because he, I'm against death, obviously. Like, I've, I don't know how many times I have to go over this. I'm completely against death. I don't want the president to die. Um, I don't want anybody to die like and, and he's old and he has a disease potentially that kills old people way more than it kills anybody else. So I'm, I'm completely against death. 
But, you know, for someone who I wouldn't say Trump completely downplayed the virus, but for someone who did downplay it a little bit um, to to catch it is quite ironic. It's, it's ironic. Yeah, I, it was it was in my head. I was like, oh, how the turntables <laughs> and uh, from, you know, from the office. Yeah. And and I, I just I found it quite funny. I found it a dumb bleep in itself. But then, you know, people out there being like, oh, I'm so glad he got it. Hopefully something bad happens to him. Just shut up. Y'all are dumb. You know, yeah. it's like there, there's no reason to wish that upon any. I wouldn't wish that upon Biden if he got it. I wouldn't even wish it upon Bernie Sanders if he ended up getting it. You know, what, what, what you told you guys from the very beginning is that this is a virus that we don't know anything about. Uh, Nate and I worked from home. Did we not? Like, yeah. like we're doing now, not because we're sick now, but before, you know, we, we were able to do the show remotely and we're like, okay, you have your home office and I've got mine and we'll, we'll figure it out just in case this thing's really bad. Okay. But we said, pay attention. And then as things started progressing, the data came in, we're like, okay, protect yourself, make sure you're not spreading it to old people and things like that. But it looks like there's a pretty high chance of survival. If you do get it, especially if you're around our age, you know, anybody under 60, 65 has a pretty good shot at making it like better than most other, uh, you know, deadly diseases. And then, uh, if you, but if you're over 65, then you should, you should be, uh, you should really take precaution. And, you know, you saw Trump out a lot of places without a mask and, and things like that. I'm not saying masks are the ultimate thing. <laughs> you know, it's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying you did see him out a lot and he, and, and I don't think I'm not saying, I don't know if he took it seriously enough. I'm not saying that. I just find it ironic that as protected as that guy is, they tested every, I mean, everybody that comes into the press pool and everything gets tested. Everybody's te- We don't even get to test each other. You know, the, the, um, we talked about it yesterday. The, the department of home was a Homeland security and the health and human services department, whatever HSA HHS, they bought up all the tests that yeah. we could have had. And so we can't have any of them. But yeah. everybody who comes in contact with the president, they get tested all the freaking time. And then still he gets it. And it's just, I thought it was, I don't know. I thought it was just ironic. That's kind of the part that, um, where it kills the argument that, well, this is what he gets for not being serious about it. See, you got to take it serious. Listen, he more than likely, look, he, here's the deal. He more than likely got this from from Hope Hicks, it seems like. That's been the only person around him that is... Uh, positive that he's been around and every single person that goes on that plane is tested and they got to test negative before they go on there. So like acting like he's somehow being more cavalier about it than other people are. He's only around people that have been tested and tested negative. Who else can say that? Can anyone else say that? Right? No, none of you listening can say that at all. So if anything, he's, I mean, he's been the most, he's, he's been the most protected from this and has been forced to take it the most seriously as any human being on the entire planet. And he still ends up with it, which kind of just says, Hey, you know, what's the point of a lockdown when the freaking thing can still get on Air Force One, you know, what are you going to do? do? That's that's actually a really good point. (laughs) So how locked down do we need to be? You can't get a whole lot more locked down than the amount of, than the people that are allowed to get on the air force one. Like, yeah, it doesn't get much, much more locked down than that. Now, except for that time that those 
Russian terrorists took over Air Force One and they had to crash it. And luckily, Harrison Ford was able to save everyone. Right. And so yeah. that's really good. But other than it's that, the only Air time in history we've ever known about that's the know, only time that happening. Get off my plane. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, Marie said, I, uh, Marie said it's like rain on your, on your wedding day. I saw that. It's like rain. <laughs> okay. Uh, Charlie, I need you to pull up the website for the one that we're about to do. And I'm going to start reading through it and I'll have you pick up because this one is very detailed, but it's very important. And I did not think about this and I did not look into it until I saw a tweet from John Odermatt, who uh, does felony Friday on, on Lions of Liberty. I saw a tweet from him talking about the fact that there is a difference between testing positive for SARS-CoV-2 and having COVID-19, that those are two different things. And I was like, well, I actually hadn't really thought about it. I mean, I guess I had heard that before or the, the information had been around me, but I'd never really thought about what that means. And so I, I found this really cool article from this guy who's a PhD virologist. I looked him up. I looked up the website. I tried to find anything saying that this thing was making stuff up or wasn't real. I went through a few pages of Google searches and I couldn't find a negative thing about it. So I wanted to, I searched this guy specifically and I searched the website specifically, got nothing negative about it. So this is a, uh, a PhD writing about the difference between SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19. And I'll try to brush through some of this. It says, for about two weeks, we lived with, uh, lived with, published, using, and talked about a disease-causing virus called the novel, novel coronavirus. I can't talk. The name was always going to create problems. Like, what do we call the next one? So he goes through here talking about how they went through several different things. They were calling it 2019 NCOV, uh, the WHO was. They were calling it all kinds of different names. And a normal conversation and when trying to be very clear communicating it's okay to just use COVID-19 the disease as an overarching name <clears throat> for the whole problem the who was chosen to not use the official virus name SARS-CoV-2 because this is their quote from a risk uh, communications perspective using the name SARS can have unintended consequences and so he said okay sure the who offered two examples of how they had decided to communicate with the public this is another one they said, the virus responsible for COVID-19 or the COVID-19 virus. He says, again, okay, the first one is a perfectly good workaround. The second, though, while it may to the author imply we are talking about the virus that causes COVID-19, it really is just too economical with words. So this is a really cool explanation of the, the difference between the two. A virus is not a disease and a disease is not a virus. So the two different things here, SARS-CoV-2 is a virus, which leads to the disease of COVID-19. So he says an infectious disease is one you can catch from someone or somewhere else, but disease isn't just one thing. So the word disease can be defined as a state of non-normal health characterized by two or more of the following criteria, a recognized causal agent, identifiable group of signs and symptoms, consistent anatomic alterations. So disease is a bracket term into which we pour the specific signs and symptoms, usually accompanied by how we test for the cause. We can add descriptions of the clinical course and outcomes. What disease is not, though, is a virus. A virus, in the case of the disease called COVID-19, is the cause of the signs and symptoms. Okay, so a virus hmm. is a distinct and transmissible agent that, re that replicates and leads to all those things happening in some direct or indirect fashion. 
A virus can be specifically tested for. How it causes disease can be examined and described, which are cell counts, breathing rate, presence of pneumonia, can also be captured, but none of those is a virus. It says, so when we test the sample of mucus or urine or stool or blood, we are looking for the virus or the effect of the virus. We are not looking for the disease. The disease is described by a doctor examining the patient, also considering the test results. The doctor then makes a diagnosis on the basis of those examinations and their judgment. What he's trying to get across here, which I still think is is really cool, is that you don't test for a disease. And what that means is you don't take a test and it says you are COVID-19 positive. That's that's not what you do. You take a test and it says you're positive for SARS-CoV-2. And then they mm-hmm. look at all the effects of that virus and what it does to your body. And a doctor eventually makes a diagnosis saying that you have COVID-19. And so where this has really big implications is the fact that we don't test for that. And I'm just going to bring this up here, Charlie. I'm just going to throw this out there. Um, do it. We don't test for COVID-19. And all the numbers of everything that we have are people who have tested positive for SARS-CoV-2, not people who have COVID-19. Okay. So that's pretty important too. And then I have another thing. I was doing some insane digging earlier because I wanted to, I was like, what can I do to actually get how they count some of this? So I was like, well, can I go to the CDC? Couldn't find anything on there. Can I go to the FDA? Couldn't find anything on there. You know where, you know how I found, well, I did find it on the FDA's website, but I found it in a really interesting way, Chuck. I searched if I were a company that was making testing kits for COVID-19, mm-hmm. what are all of the specifications I have to meet? And they have a massive page on there for guidelines if you are trying to submit an application for making testing. And on that, it does specify testing for SARS-CoV-2. It's testing for SARS-CoV-2. And it does talk about antibody tests. So he goes through some of this uh, examples of the confused understanding on it, some screenshots. And actually, I'm going to show it to you guys real quick. It says, how long could COVID-19 live on surfaces? This is a screenshot. How long could COVID-19 live on surfaces? So he responds, he says, no time at all. A disease does not sit on the surface. A virus does. And the virus is called SARS-CoV-2. So he keeps going through this. Uh, talking about different things like that. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence's office said on Friday that a member of his office tested positive for coronavirus or COVID-19. He says that's halfway there. They did test positive for the coronavirus, which is SARS-CoV-2, but COVID-19 is not an alternative name for the coronavirus. It's the name for the disease that happens as a result of infection with the coronavirus. So that's pretty interesting also. And then uh, this person who said that they they each been given four nasal swabs, two in each nostril, a test for both the flu and COVID-19, the disease caused by the coronavirus. He said, double no. He said, we test the swab for the influenza virus and the SARS-CoV-2 virus. We did not use swab to detect influenza or COVID-19. Those are diagnoses from a doctor. So where I'm going with this, we don't have to go through any, any more of this. Where I'm going with this is... This really opened up my whole mind to what the heck, what numbers do we even have from this? How much of it is actually COVID-19 and how much of, the, of it are positive tests for SARS-CoV-2? It, it, you know, 
to be counted. I mean, I don't think the 200,000 is, I don't think that's off base. Uh, I'm talking about these 7 million COVID-19 cases. Oh, world, worldwide, worldwide. Yeah. Hmm. That I don't know. They may be just, they may be counting people that present with symptoms that without actually having a test, that's possible. Yeah. I think that's part of it. The other part of it, I was, I was just trying to draw a difference between is that uh, this is the difference in saying that people are asymptomatic. When you say that someone is asymptomatic, what you're saying is that they, I mean, literally what you're kind of saying is that they don't have COVID-19, which COVID-19 is a diagnosis of all the symptoms that you're having because you have the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And so you're not showing any symptoms, meaning you're positive for the virus, SARS-CoV-2, but it has not devolved in the COVID-19. And and so I, I just think it's important that somehow we draw a line between those two things, betwixt those two things, to make sure that we're talking about the the right things. And I and I doubt that the right things are being talked about what whatsoever. And uh so that is really just all one giant dumb bleep of the week, which is the fact that people think Trump is making this up. And what John Odermatt from Lines Liberty was pointing out was that the press release said that he tested positive for SARS-CoV-2. It did not, the press, it did not say he had COVID-19. And what John was saying was that a lot of people were misreporting. He posts a screenshot of the post from the White House, says he tested positive for SARS-CoV-2. And even Trump said COVID-19. And the different the thing is, those are two different things. They, SARS-CoV-2 does not necessarily mean that it's COVID-19. Yeah, and and well, and what SARS, what you know, what does SARS actually stand for? Um, and so that's the the trick there. Um, and they don't really want to use SARS because it sounds scarier, because, especially in the Asian communities, is what the <laughs> article says here. Was well, that sudden uh, acute respiratory syndrome or something like that? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, so SARS, you know, in Asia and there was one, there was a Mars in, um, in the middle East. And so, you know, these, these types of viruses aren't anything new necessarily. This is just kind of a newer version of it that spreads a lot quicker, um, than, than what the other, um, SARS COVID viruses have done or Mars, uh, very similar in their structures and their protein structures and things like that. Um, this one just happened to uh, spread a lot more, although I don't, I don't even know if it was as deadly in Asia as the original SARS in 2003 or whenever that was. As far as the mortality rate, you mean? Yeah. The outbreak. I think the mortality rate was higher. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I did not look that up beforehand. So anyway, take us to dumb bleep number two, which is this hilarious, hilarious fact check. We're going to, we're going to precursor it with the actual fact checks themselves and then i'll show you what they posted as the fact check i wanted to say real quick on that what what we just talked about is well one i apologize because i there was a few business things i had to attend yeah i can to, tell so. you were you were not here at all while yeah. i was doing that and yeah so i apologize for that but but also you know i just don't know enough about it although i do think that it can still qualify for the for the dumb bleep of the week i just the problem is is that um trying to understand the differences and what the, what the media hype is over that. Um, You know, I just don't know enough about it. What he's basically saying is that COVID-19 has become a blanket term for the entire situation, but that COVID-19 is a disease 
and it's not what the tests are finding. Like there's not a, what, I mean, what he says several times, there's not a test where you test and it says, oh, positive for COVID-19. That's not what happens. It says you have SARS-CoV-2. And then the doctor has to look at all your symptoms and see whether or not you would fit a diagnosis for someone who has COVID-19. So it's very interesting. That was not part of Dumb Bleep of the Week. I just wanted to add that on because... Um, oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And, yeah. You're, and you're likening it to the difference between HIV and AIDS. Yeah. You know, you can have the HIV virus, virus the iris, the virus, yeah. and never actually develop any of the symptoms that would constitute AIDS. So, so my um, question would be, would you look at the amount of people who have HIV and then on the news say, this is how many people have AIDS? Yeah. No, you wouldn't. You would, so many people have tested positive for AIDS. Yeah. You don't test positive for AIDS. <laughs> yeah. It's, That's it's, not the same thing. So to me, talking about COVID-19 as this entire number would be likening it to saying the number of people that are HIV positive is the same as the number of people who have AIDS. And that's yeah. not the same thing. Well, nowadays, there's plenty of people who are HIV positive who live completely normal yeah. lives. And today, it's I mean, it's clear that Trump, as far as we know, uh, has AIDS. So... <laughs> he got of AIDS. All right. Well, because everyone has AIDS. <laughs> yeah. AIDS, 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 AIDS. AIDS, 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 right. AIDS, AIDS. <laughs> anyway. So, so is this dumb bleep? Dumb bleep number two is this hilarious fact check, but it also goes into a. I don't know. I just, I'll show it. I'll show you why it's so ridiculous when I show you the actual post of the fact check itself. But this is the article. So I think it's important to get the information from the fact check out there. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to show you how they presented the fact check to the world. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tanner says, so you're saying if you have SARS-CoV-2, you are probably getting AIDS. Yeah, that's <laughs> if you could take anything from that and I'll do yeah. I will do a um, I'll do a diagram later. But it's this is the precursor to everyone having AIDS, which we've <laughs> found out from uh, from Trey Parker and Matt Stone, Matt Stone a long time ago. So exactly. Thanks, Gary. (laughs) Gary. (laughs) Gary. All right. Dumb bleep number two, misleading fact check. Um, The one thing I loved in that movie was the guy that Gary, that he was always going back and forth in his chair all the time. It's always moving. Anytime they showed him, he was just always all around the place. I love that movie. All right. Sorry. My favorite part was actually when he was like, and if it comes to it, Gary, (laughs) when you must take your own life. Use this. And he gives him a hammer. <laughs> oh, man. Could you imagine beating yourself to death with a hammer? <laughs> if you guys don't know what movie we're talking about, then that's your fault. And yeah. anyway, we'll go with Dumb Bleat number two now. We're like Best 40 minutes in. Movie. Let's get to Dumb Bleat number two. <laughs> Dumb Bleat number two. Misleading fact check. So the AP fact check. Biden distorts Trump's words on virus hoax. All right. So this coming from the AP Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden is presenting a distorted account of President Donald Trump's words on the coronavirus, strongly uh, wrongly suggesting Trump branded the virus a hoax. In fact, Trump pronounced Democratic criticism of his pandemic response a hoax. Biden tweeted a video mashup of Trump's rhetoric on the crisis, sampling the many times a president has underplayed the severity of the pandemic. Oh, look, Biden video. Trump in Publix, hoax, Trump in private, killer. More video showing Trump saying at a February 28th campaign rally in South Carolina, the coronavirus, and this is their new hoax. (laughs) The facts. The accusation and the selective video editing are misleading. 
At the rally featured in the video, Trump actually said the phrases the coronavirus and this is their new hoax at separate points. Although his meaning is difficult to discern, the broader context of his words shows he was railing against Democrats for their denunciations of his administration's coronavirus response. Quote, now the Democrats are politicizing the coronavirus, he said. You know that, right? Coronavirus, they're politicizing it. He meandered briefly to the subject of the messy Democratic primary in Iowa, then the Russia investigation before returning to the pandemic. They tried the impeachment hoax, and this is their new hoax. Because if you ever watch Trump's Trump's press conferences, I mean, they're just, they're pretty funny. They're, they're newsworthy. Yes. Asked at a news conference the next day to clarify his remarks, Trump made clear he was not referring to the coronavirus itself as a hoax. No, 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 he said. Hoax referring to the action that they take to try and pin this on somebody because we've done such a good job. The hoax is on them. Not I'm not talking about what's happening here. I'm talking about what they're doing. That's the hoax. (laughs) He continued, certainly not referring to this. How could anybody refer to this? This is very serious stuff. So, all right. So yet, yet again, we have another instance of how many of these fact checks have you seen at the bottom of of posts from very prominent blue check mark Democratic figures saying that Trump called coronavirus a hoax? We've got a fact check from. Well, Steve- how many people do you think you know say that? Oh, say all the that. time. They've been saying right. it all day. That's why I brought this up. Yeah, right. All day. They've been saying it all week. And then even in the debate, he was talking to, you know, Joe Biden brought up something about putting bleach in your arms. And Trump's like, you know, that was sarcastic. That was sarcastic. And you know it, (laughs) you know. So like, look, I used to watch the press briefings just to see. And it didn't seem like it didn't seem like uh, that Trump was saying that this is a hoax at all. Uh, What I will say is that he. I think he was attempting where I think Trump made the biggest mistake is he was attempting to um, not necessarily downplay the virus, but he was attempting to try and reduce panic. And I think that backfired on him because it could really also be known as downplaying. Yeah. Downplaying. <laughs> but, but in, instead I think the government should just give the people the information Yeah, and then they can decide what they want to do with it uh, rather than trying to say, you know, look, everything is going to be fine. Um, and I, you know, people need, I guess people need that in a way people need to know that from their leader, like, Hey, everything's eventually going to be okay. Um, but I think more so people just want the truth. Like they just want to know what's going on. Why does the government, why, how is the government privy to all this information? And we're basically left blind uh, to follow whatever their directive is. The one, uh, the one thing I'll say to push back a little bit on that is, was the information they had at that time correct? Because Trump actually responded with this and he said, just imagine if I told the people the information that we had at that time. Like at that time, the mortality rate for COVID-19 was 5%. And so you imagine you run with that, like, oh, we're the US government and I'm the president and there's a deadly disease out there that has a 5% mortality rate. And everyone needs to run and hide. Now that ends up being not true. And so then if he does that and the entire country panics and everything crashes and we find out later that the, that the mortality rate is actually about 0.1%, well, then me and you right now are saying Trump shouldn't have ran with that thing that we had a 5% mortality rate. He had no idea what the actual mortality rate was at that time. We didn't have enough information. 
There's no way he should have panicked the American people and been given information about a about something that we had almost no information on. You know, so I'm just well, but at the same time, what I would say is like like if you just if you tell the truth, then then you have the truth on your side, and then somebody comes after you, be like, I just gave you the information. Yeah, I didn't tell you to go panic. I just I this is the information that I had. This is what I gave to you at the time, and I told you we would reevaluate it you know, every single day. And that's what I'm we just, did. I'm trying to look at the alternate reality. I'm seeing Trump coming out saying that this thing has like a 5.2% mortality rate. And then, and then the media, because Trump's on board with it and fully terrified, like he's supposed to be the media saying that Trump is overhyping the coronavirus <laughs> to make everyone scared and make sure that we keep him as That's president. A genius idea, by the way. He should totally like, like do the opposite of what they expect. And then they'd be like, Trump said the mortality rate was 5%. When actually, look, look, yeah. that's actually 0. 0.1 or 0.2%. This is what nuts. If the, I need to figure out if they've like tried to spin his, uh, you know, government price control on insulin prices or something somehow. Yeah. Okay, How so, Trump actually made insulin more expensive by making it cheaper, even though I disagree with. They start arguing free market with. principles. What? <laughs> they start arguing free market principles to talk exactly. about how terrible They're this like, plan is. What we should do is instead of, you know, the government forcing price controls, we should allow competition in the drug market so insulin prices could come down. Like, what? Hey, just go in there and do the opposite. I'm willing to try that it. Everybody. Yeah. You just that's okay. that's playing chess okay. right there, my man. Here's the actual dumb bleep number two, though. I'm going to show it to everyone in the group. Here's the post from Snopes.com, Snopes fact checker, who posted saying that this was false, that these words by Biden were false and that Trump did not call coronavirus a hoax. Here's the post that I ran up on. Snopes, Trump said that Democrats criticism of his administration's response to the coronavirus was a hoax. And he says uh, that Trump. Oh, you guys can't see that. Trump referred to coronavirus as a hoax down here at the very bottom of it. So he's saying that when I read it, I said, wait, they're saying that Trump, like this post says that Trump called coronavirus a hoax. And then you have to read the article to see that they're actually saying that that's false. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and every other fact check is completely different than that. But no one else is going to uh, actually get in there and read the whole thing. What happens is people see the headline of the tweet and the thing had like 10,000 retweets. And I guarantee you they were from a bunch of lefties out there that saw the headline basically saying that Trump called the coronavirus a hoax. <laughs> when in fact it was a fact check saying that he hadn't done that. Right. I th thought that that was really interesting. <laughs> It's so funny. So uh, I called that dumb bleep the um, I called it the misleading fact check. There you go. <laughs> Is what it was. The good name. Now, the reason that I have not that I didn't put a lot of stuff in there is because um, the one that we're about to do is the most important one. And Charlie, I had you watch this video earlier. And I wanted to before you get to dumb bleep number three, since we're talking about Trump and stuff, I wanted to get your thoughts on. I was listening to uh, Stapleton, uh, Wealth, Power, and Influence, mm -hmm. and I thought that this was a very interesting discussion. They were talking about how uh, the possibility of, uh, well, this is before they thought you know Trump had coronavirus, so it actually throws another wrench in the, in the, the conversation, which is um, if Trump ends up dying before the election, 
Does that automatically make Pence the the Republican nominee? And if you voted for Donald Trump already as a mail-in ballot, that would go to Pence. But then you couple that with if this election, which it's, it's going to become so insane. In fact, they're saying that they're not even going to finish counting all the mail-in ballots to like January 10th, which you're supposed to change is, office on the 15th. Is, is Nancy Pelosi going to be the president? So is Nancy Pelosi yeah. going to be president January 21st, for a while? I think is the, or is it 15th? Um, yeah, I've heard that a few times. Is is this this is, could be is this all a just wild? <laughs> Are we going to actually end up with Nancy Pelosi as the president for a couple months while this is being uh Now finished? isn't her seat up for election too? I mean, doesn't she have to be reelected? Oh, I don't know. I don't think that they even bother anymore, you know. She's just so <laughs> entrenched. Once you're that entrenched, your opponents are too afraid to run against you for right. fear of death. <laughs> In some kind of way. I, just, I mean, this these next few months could be just absolute. Wild. Oh, it's going to be you nuts. They're all here for the show. It's going to be nuts. What a perfect time to have a political podcast. I know. So, <laughs> um, I'm going to show you this. So this is a post from a page called Change the Ref. It says in 2018, Joaquin Oliver was shot and killed in the Parkland school shooting. His parents use AI to bring him back to tell people how voting can pre- prevent these kinds of tragedies from happening to any more families. So what this is, is a, call it a deep fake. It's like an amazing looking uh, AI video game version of their deceased son who died in the Parkland shooting, putting words in his dead mouth, talking about how we've got to enact gun control from the grave, from, from the grave. He sends his vote from the grave. And I'm going to play it, and I'm joking around a little bit right now, but this, the more we talk about this, this is one of the more disgusting things I've seen so far this year, and it's freaking 2020. Okay? So we'll, we'll show this real quick to everyone, and here we go. Meanwhile, every day, nearly 100 more families lose someone they love. This is his parents. Every single day, we keep telling people it doesn't have to be like this. They don't listen. So we found a way to bring back someone that no one will ignore. It's very hard for me to look at this. So please, please listen to what our son has to say. Can I already stop that real quick, just before we go? She just said, please listen to what our son has to say. So as we have this conversation here in a minute where we talk about, well, this isn't really him. And it is what it is. This is mom saying, listen to what our son has to say. This is outright disgusting to me. Yeah. Sorry, I had I already had to stop it. So it says he was shot and killed on February 14th. Uh, they use artificial intelligence to bring him back for one last message. Would they delete the file afterwards? <laughs> Yo, it's me. It's Guac. I've been gone for two years and nothing's changed, bro. People are still getting killed by guns. What is that? And this is not Jesse. Everyone knows it, but they don't do anything. I'm tired of waiting for someone to fix it. The election in November is the first one I could have voted in, but I'll never get to choose the kind of world I wanted to live in. So you've got to replace my vote. Go to unfinishedvotes.com, register, then go vote. 
Vote for politicians who care more about people's lives than the gun lobby's money. Vote for people not getting shot, bro. I mean, vote for me because I can't. We've got to keep on fighting and we got to end this. Okay. Mm. It's um it's it's downright disgusting and my heart starts starts pounding when I listen to it. In my opinion. Um this is uh, there's a lot of different ways you can talk about this. But this is someone who's this is someone who's dead. They're not here to talk about this. I don't know what exactly this guy's opinions were. I don't know if he would have changed his mind by now about what any of those opinions were had that shooting had not happened. You don't know what he actually wants to say about it. Maybe he actually wished he would have had a gun to uh, protect himself. Maybe he does. And to think as, as, and, and now in one way you can understand the parents and in one way I completely condemn the parents, but the parents are obviously distraught and they want things to change. And so when you, when you say you are using your dead son's name and his image in an entirely creepy, messed up way to get a political point of view across. It's, it's downright disgusting and shameful as parents, in my opinion. Agree. But then on the other side, they did lose their son and they're probably very upset about that. And so I will give them a pass on that. On My anger does not, is not directed towards them. My anger is directed towards people who think that this is a good idea because this is terrifying to think that we could be barraged by messages from dead people that someone else typed into a computer and then played it as if this was actually a message from that person that they left for everyone because it's not. And I realize it's not them, but... That's why I stopped it and said, she just said, listen to my son tell you about this. This is, we're going to have my son tell you. And when you use something like that and something that is that emotional and then put that kind of message behind it, it is outright disgusting. And I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. Well, and then if you disagree with them, then you just hate their dead son. Yeah, then you're that's, then you're denying a dead person. Jeez, it's bad enough we have to listen to to RBG's supposedly dying words. Uh, <clears throat> now you've got to listen to the words of people that are dead somehow, like like the Democratic Party is some kind of a damn medium. It doesn't make any sense to actually take this kind of thing seriously because it's literally someone that typed a message into a computer and then made it look like that person was saying it. It's yeah. Todd brings up a good point. Like how would they feel if a second amendment, a supporter did the same thing with their dead child's image? Yeah. You know, if only my son would have had a gun to protect himself, you know, that's true. Two years since I've been gone and, you know, or make it about their daughter who got raped and murdered. And only if she had a gun to equalize the situation. If, How if, would they feel about that? Or it's like using it's like using a 17 year old kid to talk about climate change. Yeah, it is. Because then there's nothing bad you can say. The other thing, you know, in the video, the one bad job I thought they did in their compelling message was they said it, he said it's been two years and guns are still killing people. 
there are lots of things still killing a lot of people. <laughs> like, yeah. Like knives and cars and doctors, hospitals, COVID-19 um, cigarettes, <laughs> you know, when are we going to learn about all that stuff? Like you can't, and I'm not trying to minimize the situation, but you can't stop. Like we haven't found a cure for death yet. So, you know, that like when the only real chance you actually have is if, is if he could have been able to defend himself rather than being trapped in a building somewhere, just waiting to be mowed down. Yeah. If, if only my teachers would have had guns, you know, I mean, just imagine, I mean, play this, play this out in your head for all the situations this can be used in. You've got a barrage of people who have died from COVID-19 that they can make commercials from talking about how terrible Trump is and how people need to vote for Biden. They could make it, they could make something uh, from Ruth Bader Ginsburg talking about the Supreme Court in the election. They could put out a, a commercial from JFK talking about how we need to end Trump in some kind of way to get the moderate Democrat support. And I know people people know that this is obviously not the person on video, but it is difficult, especially if you're someone driven by emotions, like pretty much everyone is, to look at a video that looks like the person who died talking about the thing that killed them and not let that strike you on some kind of an emotional level. Mm -hmm. But it's purely disgusting to me because it's not that person. It's also scary. I mean, that reenactment was seemed pretty real. It is. Now, that's like, like it's just, I don't know. That's just, uh, that's a lot. We'll, uh, we'll post a link to the video in the show notes for the podcast. You guys can, can go and look at it. That's dumb bleep number three, um, which is the, the AI gun control video. It's not even done. I mean, if we did an episode called did disgust, like, I don't know, disgusting bleep of the year, this thing would lead the whole thing and it would win. In my opinion, I don't know why this hit me so hard, but it, it really shows me that there are no limits to what an ideology will do to get their points across. They'll use children. They'll talk about people that, that have died. They'll talk about, they'll have a daughter get up there and say that her dad died because he was a Trump supporter yeah. during the Democratic convention. They'll literally have an AI reenactment of someone who is dead explaining the policy position on something, a stupid policy position on something. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know. It, there are no links to what some ideologies, and by some, you guys know who I'm talking about. Um, there, there are no links to what some ideologies will go to to manipulate people. Yeah, And that should scare the hell out of you. Well, and Todd brings up another good point too, which we've talked about before with the, with the deep fakes. Um, he says, what if they use a similar style video to make up what someone said to make them say something that never happened? Yeah. So with the advances in modern technology and the way AI is going, if you could make like realistic looking videos uh, and then with the deep fake AI that they've got, you know, we played it. Oh well, God, this was back in like March, maybe. Well, in the deep fake so faces, by the way, have you watched the deep fake videos where they put someone else's face on someone like it's no. it's got me a few times where I saw something and I was like, holy crap, you got to be kidding me. And it took me a minute to realize that the thing said deep fake and I didn't know what deep fake was. 
they literally i mean you have to look we up played joe rogan on the show the ai thing yeah yeah it's it's absolutely terrifying yeah and um and you know it's great that the government's got all your information and stuff they know where you're at and all kinds of things yeah it's just they you said something <laughs> why don't put you, uh put you in a prison camp um i'm not going to pretend like any other dumb bleeps are going to overtake that uh, but you guys go ahead and vote on those three. I'm going to tell you what the other one is just real fast while you guys are getting your votes in on which one. So um, number one was the COVID conspiracy. Number two was a misleading uh, fact check. And number three was uh, from the grave. And uh, Rob said, can we deep fake Jefferson reading the declaration? That'd be pretty you know, cool. Actually. Why don't we deep fake a video of Thomas Jefferson talking about how morally repugnant slavery is? And then act like it's real. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't we just do that? That would be a great. We'll just do that. And everyone will Oh, every, pay attention. To this. Remember those memes where <laughs> the memes where it says um, the Internet is trash or something. It's a quote from Abraham Lincoln. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll bring love, Abraham Lincoln back to talk about the Internet. I love the ones that and, and earmuffs for everyone. And sorry, moms, the the one, the quote from uh, Benjamin Franklin that says, tax this dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good. So good. So, so good. All right. So uh, number four was going to be, this is big news also, by the way, this is actual big news that, um, that matters in some kind of a way. Uh, Republicans, six of them have, are going to side with the Democrats to vote to uh, block the DOJ from taking Obamacare to the Supreme Court. So the DOJ was going to be taking Obamacare to the Supreme Court. It was slated to get there sometime after the election. And six Republicans have uh, now gone over to the side of the Democrats to block uh, them being able to do that, which is interesting when you get a big enough majority. I guess you can block things like that. So it's it's pretty interesting. It says six Republican senators backed an attempt by Democrats on Thursday to block the Trump administration from intervening in the Supreme Court case that could overturn the Affordable Care Act. Now, this doesn't mean that they blocked it, but these six Republicans are all running for re-election right now, and they're in heavily contested elections. Mm. So it just goes to tell you. And by the way, most of them are people who have ran on the idea of repealing Obamacare. But they are now switching and blocking the thing actually going to the Supreme Court or trying to block or siding with blocking it because they're in heavily contested elections right now, which is... I don't understand how you can block the Department of Justice from backing a lawsuit. I think if they get enough people... Like I was saying, they didn't actually block it. I might have said that wrong in the beginning. They they, um, voted to block it. I don't think they had enough votes. I think it's one of those things where you can block a... You know, you can overturn a veto or override a veto. I think you have to have a... A, a really high amount. I don't know what two thirds or whatever it is. Um, so they, it's my understanding they did still not get enough votes to block it. But all of the people, people you would imagine, Susan Collins, of course, seems like that's how it, Lisa Murkowski, and uh, you know just people like that who are in these close elections that have decided that that's what they're going to do. So let's see who. I can't even repeat your comment on this show right now. Let me. Let me f- <laughs> That's so funny. And if you want to see those funny comments, you got to join the live group, guys. I can't repeat that one. So that's patreon.com slash good morning liberty. Patreon.com slash good morning liberty. Vote. 
for our dumb bleeps of the week when we do those on Friday, every single Friday when we want to. So join patreon.com slash good morning liberty. We just had somebody reach out to us on Twitter that said, Hey, um, you know, it'll be worth my $5 if you do something special in the pre show. And we're like, of course we do. So come on in. And uh, if you want to be a part of this crowd, this, this is the in crowd subscribing and being part of the Patreon group. It's only five bucks a month. Come on now. That ain't nothing. Ain't nothing compared to everything else in this world. So five bucks a month, you can also pay more if you want to. We have other tiers and this all goes straight into uh, running ads and all kinds of things to continue to grow the show. So if you will do that, sign up at patreon.com slash good morning liberty, you could see Magoo's comments here. And it's, it's quite hysterical that I don't think I can repeat on here. Although my mom is part of the live group. So in sorry, an, mom. In an interesting <laughs> turn of events, by the way, the voting in the Patreon group, the general consensus has been that because three was so disgusting, it's not going to be acknowledged as the dumb bleep winner. And it's hmm. going to go for number two. Number two. Because number three is a number two, we're going to vote for the misleading <laughs> fact check. No, but I, I understand that completely. It is to, to call it dumb and stop right there is to give it way too much credit and to talk way too highly of it. So I, I actually, um, I completely, I agree with that. And I commend everyone for, uh, or, you know, a few you guys for saying that and some people going with number two also, I, I, I get that number, number three does not deserve the title of dumb because it is something far more disgusting and, and worse than that. So anyway, guys, if you are interested in day trading, go to mastermindstonks.com. The promo code's over, so you got to pay attention for when the next time we do it is. It's gone. It's too late now, but missed out. guess what? It's the freaking cheapest class with the most videos that you're going to get out there anyway. If you can find a cheaper one, let me know, and we will beat their prices as long as they also have 240 videos on their websites and go live every single morning. <laughs> yeah. Right? And we will beat their prices. Okay, so you That's go to the free market, my man. You go to mastermystonks.com if you're interested in learning how to day trade. Um, in, honestly, today was another kind of slow day for the low float stocks we look at, but there's a lot of other stuff moving because the market tunk when everyone found out Trump had whatever he has, and then it just completely shot up right after the right after the gates opened, and uh, so there were there were actually a lot of plays in a in a lot of stocks to make today. Uh, so anyway, guys, you can go to mastermystonks.com. You don't have to know anything about day trading whatsoever. We will teach you how to read charts, how to use a charting platform, all that stuff. So go to mastermystonks.com. Or mastermytrades. Whichever one. Either one. Yeah. As I mentioned, sign up for the pa sign up for the Patreon group, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. And then please share this show with a friend. We've got a lot of exciting things coming up and, um, you know, some some cool things. As Nate mentioned, we're doing that extra segment as soon as we line all this all this out. And so that's exciting. And we hope you guys enjoy that. Let us know what you think. Send Nate an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us, nate at goodmorningliberty.us. Let them know if you're interested um, and again, that's going to be doing interviews. So send him an email if you want to be a part of that or have any suggestions or know of some folks that would like to be a part of that. So uh, that's exciting for us. And I think it's going to be really, really cool uh, thing that we're doing. So we're excited. You get excited. Share the show with a friend. Share it with an enemy. Leave us that rating and review on iTunes. If you do all of that, 
Then we'll be back again on Monday. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Mm-hmm.